Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I am the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Today, we're going to talk about sourcing deals. Where do deals come from? And what better way to do that than to uh, talk to the folks that actually do all of our acquisition work at Mara Poling, which means we're going to be talking to uh, Bill Mora. Uh, Bill, uh, for those of you that uh, haven't figured that out yet, Bill is the Mora in Mora Polling. Uh, he is uh, uh, my uh, partner in crime. Uh, we have worked together for uh, quite a long time, a uh, few decades now, and uh, founded Mora Polling uh, with me a few years back. And uh, I welcome Bill here today. Bill, welcome. Why don't you tell everybody a little more about uh, about yourself? Thanks, Pat. Um, well, uh, as Pat said, uh, we have worked together for uh, a little over two decades now, uh, and my background is is uh, construction and real estate. Uh, started out several years ago as a uh, general contractor uh, developing properties, and then. Uh, Got into uh, commercial asset management uh, with Pat uh, several years ago, and uh, together uh, through various ventures, we have managed and developed uh, commercial assets uh, for our clients. And uh, that's primarily my background. Great. So, um, so within our Wonderful little world, Bill. Um, uh, obviously, you and I are involved in everything that we do. But uh, what are the things that you focus on a little more uh, uh, intently than uh, than than others? Well, I primarily focus on acquisition of our assets, uh, looking for properties, uh, going touring the properties, figuring out. Uh, what what are some of the values that we can develop in those properties to uh, bring value out uh, for our investors and then work with the property managers to execute the plan that we have put together uh, working closely with Lauren Torres in our office as well uh, to help oversee the management of of our assets Excellent. So, um, so Bill, as you all uh, can tell from that wonderful introduction, Bill's Bill's the guy on our team that is going to be able to answer that question of uh, where do deals come from. So let's um, so let's start, uh, Bill, with um, uh, with sourcing. Uh, what what are the what are the places you can go find uh, uh, deals to uh, to put into the pipeline? Well, uh, there tends to be a lot of deals, uh, and you know there are several sources, but there's probably three uh, primary uh, categories I would use: uh, fully marketed deals, uh, deals that are off market, and what I like to call is unsolicited deals. Um, so let's start with the the fully marketed deals. I've got it at least two dozen brokerages houses that uh, send me 
skills that they are marketing. So they've they've talked to property owners, property owners are willing sellers, they put together a marketing package, uh, and then they tend to send out email blasts to anyone that will sign up for those. And, and anyone can go to their websites and sign up for those email blasts. And typically, if you're on that list and you respond to a blast, you're gonna get a follow-up call from someone in their office. And like I said, I, I've got two dozen brokerages that send me those emails. And even when they tell you that they can filter them out for what specifically you're looking for, which markets, which product type, which age, which size, if they can, they don't. So I get a mailbox full of emails every day with product that's coming to market. Um, and so I quickly can eliminate almost 80% of those just right away, uh, just by taking a quick glance at those. Um, and, and those deals are typically, um, they're gonna take, you know, kind of go through the full cycle of marketing. Um, you gotta go tour the properties, uh, make an offer with a bunch of other people, usually about 10 to 12 other investors are, are making offers uh, on those types of deals, if they're worthwhile. Some of those are asking too much money or, or whatever, but, um, but those tend to go through full cycle. So there's usually about a 45 day marketing period uh, that you have from the time you get the first email blast till they have a call for offers uh, that they're looking for. The other source is off-market deals, which again, a broker has talked to and they're a willing seller, but they don't really wanna go through the whole marketing package. They don't wanna get a ton of people walking through the property. You know, they don't wanna disrupt uh, the flow of their employees. Um, so they really wanna make sure that if, if someone's interested in the property, that they look at stuff before they look at the property, um, understand the financials, ask any questions, then you can usually go out and look at the property, um, but they wanna keep that down to a very limited number. And there's also the off-market deal that is marketed by several different brokerage houses. So they don't really want to sign up with any one broker. They just want everyone putting their, their stuff out there. And sometimes I'll see, you know, three or four brokers offering the same property and usually the same price. It might vary a little bit, but uh, usually it's about the same price and, you know, same, same things that they're looking for. Um, you know, so those are kind of interesting that, you know, they're, they're trying to keep it somewhat quiet, but it actually probably gets more disruptive that way than it does if you they would have fully marketed the deal. And then the third one is unsolicited, uh, which is, uh, and we have done this, uh, go and look for a property that we want to target 
and make an unsolicited offer uh, to those owners. Uh, the problem with the unsolicited is that you typically, at the beginning, you have no financial information. So you're just using uh, what's known in the public on uh, either apartments.com. You can kind of find where their rents are at. Uh, we use uh, other sources, uh, CoStar, uh, ALN, or other online data sources that pull together uh, market information about multifamily properties. And you can find how, what their rents are, kind of get an idea of where they're at uh, vacancy-wise and what their concessions might be, uh, and then put together a target offer. But in those offers, they typically come with a lot of caveats about uh, assumptions that were made in the offer. Um, so those are those are really the three different sources. There's there's in the market deals. There's online companies that will will show you a limited view of what is being offered. Um, and if you want to pay a, a premium, you can for that day you can get access to stuff, or you can pay a one-time price for the just that one property. Um, but if you're just wanting to look around and kind of see what's out there and get an idea of what, what things are moving for, you can go on to um, LoopNet is one, it's probably the largest, uh, and and see what's available in the market, get an idea of, of what things are selling for. Uh, if you're just interested in understanding what the marketplace might look like. That's um, so that that's great advice for those of you out there that are um, are looking at maybe doing some investing on your own. Um, uh, LoopNet will have a broad range of not just asset classes, so uh, warehouses and self storage and multifamily and uh, strip mall retail and uh, a whole host of things. Um, but it'll it'll be in all shapes and sizes as well. So there'll be There'll be smaller transactions, and you'll see some larger transactions. Uh, probably not terribly large transactions, but you'll see certainly see some larger things there. Um, so, Bill, you and I have worked in all those spaces. We've we've done deals that were market deals. We've done deals that were uh, headed to market but weren't on market yet. Uh, we've done off market deals. Uh, we've been a part of unsolicited uh, transactions. Uh, as a buyer. Is there one of those uh, that is uh, better than the others in terms of uh, the value you ultimately get or the, the process? Or conversely, is there one of those that's actually you know, worse and, and you really want to try and stay away from that? How, how, what thoughts do you have about that? Well, as you said, Pat, we've been involved in, in every type of transaction. Um, and, I, and I think that there's... Uh, value and uh, advantages and disadvantages to, to each one of them. Um, ultimately, it's, uh, it's understanding the buyer and the seller and, you know, how do you come to an agreement? What's, what's important? You know, so if, if you're in a, 
in a fully marketed deal. We've taken marketed deals uh, and convinced sellers to pull it off the market and just negotiate directly with us, even though they had other buyers in the line uh, to to make them offers because we discussed with the brokers, okay, so what is what's the buyer or what's the seller need? What are they looking for out of this deal? And we were able to put an offer together that met their needs uh, of timing, dollars, uh, you know, what, what, what their plan was. And we were able to do that along with giving them the confidence. And that's the other piece of it is, is your relationship, your ability to execute what you are committing to. Uh, and, you know, so being able to give the, the seller the confidence that we can close the deal because it doesn't do them any good to get the highest dollar if it doesn't close. And likewise, it doesn't do them any good to get someone who's going to close it if it's less than what they need in order to get it closed. You know, so really the, the, the biggest piece of it is is getting the two, the buyer and the seller, to come together on what each other needs. So you uh, you said a word there, Bill, that uh, that certainly resonates and sounds like it's an important part of this whole process you were just describing, and that's uh, relationships. Uh, so again, s- some of our listeners out there, uh, you're all uh, either in the space right now or you're potentially looking to get into multifamily investing, uh, most likely in a, on a smaller scale than the uh, you know 100 to 400 unit space that we're talking about. Some of you out there are uh, already our clients. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, or you work with a firm like Mara Polling, and uh, you're maybe looking at, uh, at adding to those positions, or some of you may be looking to simply begin investing with a firm uh, like us. Uh, so, Bill, if, if I was a prospective investor uh, and I was talking to a, uh, a sponsor, um, and I asked the question, so um, so what kind of relationships do you have and how did you get those? Uh, you know, did you just pick up the phone and call people and say, hey, I, I'd like to start buying things? Um, uh, talk a little more about how Mara Polling's built their relationships. Uh, and again, for our listeners, I think you can use this as a, uh, uh, a touch point for when you do talk to sponsors. Uh, to understand how their acquisition process works is to understand those relationships. So, Bill, why don't you talk a little about the um, relationship building process? Yeah, so, you know, as I mentioned, you know, there's there's a couple dozen brokers uh, that I get email blasts from. Uh, and, and I got a relationship with most of those. Uh, but you know, really, the, there's about a handful of brokers that have the product that we are looking for. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm meeting with them regularly. I'm calling them, you know, weekly, maybe multiple times in a week if we're really actively looking for something and they've got product uh, that's coming to market that we're looking at. Um, and 
you know, developing those relationships, following through, being honest with them uh, is, is really important. You know, letting them know what you're looking for. Um, and and then being able to follow through on what it is you say uh, will, you know, having a, a good reputation of closing deals. Uh, we have, uh, I don't want to say lucky because I don't think it's luck. I think that we intentionally try to understand a deal before we make an offer. Um, but we have uh, been able to close every deal that we've gotten into the contract process with. Um, and, you know, like I said, I think that that is, uh, that's not luck. That's uh, a product of our intention to understand the deals as we uh, head down those paths. And so, you know, keeping in constant contact with the brokers, uh, talking to them, you know, those relationships, uh, having the reputation of being able to close deals has actually got deals brought to us that were have gone to other buyers and the sellers lost confidence in those buyers and brokers called us and said, hey, can you do this? And, and we would negotiate and ended up with uh, offers or with deals that uh, had been awarded to someone else. Um, so having a good reputation is vitally important, maintaining that reputation, staying in constant communication uh, with uh, your brokers uh, is really how you maintain those relationships and develop those relationships. So those of you that are, uh, that are listening out there that are, uh, interviewing sponsors, if you will, that are looking to place investments in this, in this space. Um, I think that's a great topic to uh, chat about. Bill referenced, uh, uh, a asset we acquired, uh, not that long ago, a few years back. Um, and we secured it for a substantial discount to what the seller uh, originally was uh, was contracting it for, uh, simply because of our ability to close it and uh, there to be confidence around that. Uh, I'd be happy to share more details about that with any of you. Uh, shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com, and I'd be happy to share some more information about that. By the way, you can also reach out to Bill if you'd like. Um, amazingly enough, you might be surprised, but Bill's email is bill at marapolling.com. So uh, we're not terribly creative on the uh, on the email front here, but um, uh, we'd both be happy to answer uh, questions that you uh, that you have about that. For those of you that are looking to make investments on your own, in particular, if you're just getting started, the residential space works a little differently than, than the space Bill's uh, describing. It's not nearly as broker oriented uh, because the, the opportunities are gonna kind of come from a lot of different places. Won't be uncommon to find a residential mortgage broker. So in other words, pardon me, a residential real estate broker. <clears throat> so in other words, somebody that's selling houses, that's also gonna have listings for a duplex or a fourplex or something like that. You start getting a little larger uh, into the smaller commercial size, uh, 16 plex, 40 plex, something like that. Yeah, then you're gonna get into the, uh, into the um, 
commercial broker space. But uh, on that small end, you're probably dealing with residential brokers. They're still going to have the same interest, which is uh, their sellers want to know that they're going to actually be able to get deals closed. So you want to be presenting yourself in the most positive light that you can uh, with whatever track record you have of investments that you've made and your success with those, uh, your actual ability to close. So if you've got some lending pre-approval uh, and certainly the amount of cash you have in the bank, all of those are things that will get you closer to the front of the line in any of these processes, whether it be a market process or if you're simply talking to a broker and saying, listen, when you find something that looks like this, give me a call. If he's never talked to you before or she's never talked to you before, if uh, if they ask you, well, what have you ever done? And you said, well, actually, this is the first thing I've ever done like this, and I really don't know what I'm doing, and I'm hoping you'll help me get through it. I'm sure they'll help you get through it. And you're going to get a different experience than if you say, I've done this several times already. Here's the, here's the properties I've worked with. As a matter of fact, here's the brokers that I've worked with and so on. Uh, I think you'll find some... Uh, um, some positives from uh, from that standpoint. So um, so um, so that's great. So um, so Bill, obviously we do a lot of acquisition work over the course of the year. We we do a lot of underwriting uh, and then uh, and then uh, acquisitions uh, and dispositions. By the way, folks, you know we we do obviously the same process on the other side when it's time to sell an asset. So we do a lot of that work. Uh, obviously, we're relying a great deal on those uh, relationships. Uh, it sounds like a great formula, and um, there's there's got to be some secret sauce too, right? So um, so what are some things you might share with our listeners that are just you know a couple of the secrets that uh, that you've learned to uh, to making this entire process successful? So I think it really starts with you know, knowing what you're looking for yourself. So, you know, knowing what our parameters are, you know, dollar size, uh, age, type of product, you know, what are we wanting to do uh, with it? Um, and, and, and each property kind of helps determine some of that, but we've got a box that we're looking for. And so knowing what that box is, uh, being able to communicate that to the brokers, um, and and the really good brokers, the ones that who, for me, the ones that carry the product that we're looking for, and are willing to filter out some of the stuff that we we're not looking for, you know, they will then begin to bring you deals that they're getting ready to market, but they might be, uh, you know, sellers are, would be willing to, to show it to a, a few people. Well, if you can get on those, you know, that, that's called pocket listings. You know, if you can get into on, on a broker's pocket listing list, um, it's usually stuff that's not ready to go to market. Um, and you can look at the financials, get a better understanding of what's, what they're trying to do to get it to market. Um, and so, you can you can get there by you know again staying in constant communications with them, letting them know exactly what you're looking for. Um, you know we've we've done several deals, so they know that we're legitimate buyers uh, and we've closed deals. 
know, so having some history in a market certainly helps. You know, getting the first one is the hardest in usually almost anything you're doing. So, so that's one step. Uh, the other step is, uh, you know, giving the brokers good feedback. Um, you know, they they list properties and um, you know they need to understand and be able to communicate back to the sellers what the market feedback is so giving them good honest feedback you know taking that time to uh, be a good partner with them you know they're they're partnering with us to sell us property but we want to buy it and you know we want to give them good feedback so they better understand what we're looking for and can give that feedback back to the sellers uh, we've even made offers uh, on properties that we knew we weren't going to get um, helping brokers be able to deliver a package to the sellers of of you know what is out there what the market condition is for their property that they're trying to sell um, and so you know that's important of of being a good partner uh, for your brokers as well um, and uh, being able to uh, look at properties uh, quickly, you know, give them a, a quick turnaround, you know, when they've got stuff, especially if it's, if it's pre-market, uh, you want to take a look at that quick before it gets out to the market. Um, so those would be some of the keys is, uh, you know, know what you want, staying in constant communication with those brokers and giving them good feedback as well and participating in their, in their process. That's great. You, you mentioned a word there that I think uh, some of our listeners out there may scratch their heads a bit about, uh, you know, the brokers, uh, sellers, brokers are our partners. <clears throat> so for those of you that are that are in that head scratching group, um, right, uh, the broker is paid for and works for the seller. Um, they have a responsibility to them to bring them the best deal that they can. Uh, and you know, nobody should have any illusions about that when you're working with a broker and a broker's ability to continuously bring good deals to market and to get them closed is a function of having good relationships as well with sponsors, with firms like us, unlike a residential home transaction, right? Somebody puts their house in the market, it's sold. Well, the folks that bought that house are done buying houses, right? They bought their one house, but we buy assets on a regular basis. So brokers absolutely want to work with firms like Mara Poling to build relationships so that when the next opportunity comes along that they have, that they'll be able to put that deal in front of us. And as, as Bill was just describing, either have that be something that fits within our target criteria and potentially move forward on it. And if it doesn't, to use us as a, as a sounding board to get some feedback in terms of, you know, we'd have this question or there'd be this issue or whatever it might happen to be, um, which ultimately helps build those uh, relationships. So not something you're gonna do overnight, uh, but absolutely something to be done uh, over time. And when you're looking at sponsors, uh, understanding how sponsors engage in the process we've just described as well as 
what markets they're active in and how long they've been active there. Uh, you're not going to show up, obviously, in a brand new market. Uh, you know, you're not going to walk into, um, uh, uh, you know, Houston, Texas and say, I've never been to Houston, uh, but suddenly I want to do a lot of deals. Uh, you're not going to bring as much credibility as you will after you've done a few deals, which is a bit of a chicken and the egg there. But, um, uh, but you know, firms like us have, uh, have already broached that and are, uh, are in those markets actively. Well, Bill, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we will have Bill back in the future as we talk about, uh, Bill's going to join us uh, again uh, down the road. We're going to have a conversation about value add. Uh, that's another uh, big part of the program that uh, Bill oversees for us. Um, he mentioned Lauren Torres. Lauren is our uh, VP of Operations and Finance. Uh, Lauren uh, oversees and manages our uh, property teams on a day-to-day -day basis. And so Lauren's gonna join us in uh, one of those sessions down the road for a conversation about uh, the property work uh, that we do on a daily uh, basis and how we uh, engage in all of that. And um, so we've got lots more uh, team members that are coming. We've also got some sessions coming up as, as we had a few weeks ago on our ongoing uh, theme of team of advisors. Uh, we'll be joined by some of our uh, tax professionals as well as some uh, estate planning folks and uh, some other members of uh, the team that we would encourage everyone to uh, be looking at. Uh, we have uh, some some great material, um, not only on the Learning Center today, but a new webinar series that'll be uh, showing up soon. So uh, stop by the Learning Center at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com, and uh, check that out. Uh, if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe to our weekly podcast. Uh, we uh, enjoy all the feedback we get. Shoot me an email, as I said, pat at marapolling.com, bill at marapolling.com as well. Bill, thanks for uh, for joining us uh, today. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I have no final thoughts. <laughs> Great. Well, we'll we'll let you get back to the uh, to the busy work of. Uh, of acquiring great assets for us. And, uh, and thank you all for listening. And I hope you'll join us again next week on Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.